Welcome to the Live Well, Perform Better podcast, brought to you by Below the Line. My name is David Duggan, and I am part of a team made up of experts from the worlds of business, elite sport, adventure, and health and well-being. We are coaches, mentors, and advisors to some of the world's biggest companies and organizations, as well as smaller businesses, entrepreneurs, and people looking to make their mark on the world. Our guiding mantra at Below the Line is live well, perform better. What does that mean, you might ask? Good question. Maybe the easiest way to describe it from our perspective is finding the formula that works for you when it comes to things like looking after your physical and mental health, running your business, developing your career, leading your people, or simply being able to show up as brilliantly as possible into your own life, both for yourself and those around you. That's why each week I sit down with a member of our team or an invited guest for a conversation that focuses on the question, what do the words live well, perform better mean to you? This question is a way into exploring with people from a range of different backgrounds, industries and disciplines, what are the practices, techniques, habits or ideas that they use to help them to show up and be at their best in all areas of their lives, whether that's as CEOs, leaders or managers, or as parents, family members or friends. We keep it short and sweet so that you can extract all the good stuff and get on with the rest of your day and hopefully put some of this knowledge, experience and expertise into play for yourself. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by a very special guest, Corina Kavanagh. Corina is a young woman who has recently taken the plunge and stepped out on her own as the founder and principal coach in her own business, Kind and Conquer. Prior to working as a coach, Corina had a successful career as a marketing executive in the music business, working with many well-known and globally recognized artists. At the same time as she was progressing in her career, Karina was also experiencing debilitating anxiety and a lack of confidence that led her to explore many different avenues of healing and therapy to help solve her problem. In the end, what worked best and most effectively for Karina was coaching. And in this conversation, she talked to me about how and why she found coaching to be so effective for her, her own journey towards becoming a coach, the routines and practices she engages in to help her be at her best, as well as providing some fascinating insights into the industry she has come from and the artists she has worked with. You can subscribe at www.belowtheline.ie where you can stay up to date with our podcast as well as exclusive online events and sessions including our Press Pause coaching community and our story coaching programs. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Karina, tell me, why do you do what you do? So I'm so glad that this question came up, actually, because it really made me think on it again. And I'm probably going to be a little bit vulnerable here because I've never actually spoken about this so publicly before. And this is my first podcast and the first time I'm I'm speaking like this. So, um, yeah, bear with me. Uh, But I think before I tell you kind of my why, it's probably helpful to tell you a little bit more about me and my background and what I do. So I'm a qualified personal development coach. I'm based in London and I have been here for almost eight years now. And I've just set up my new coaching business called Kind and Conquer. Uh, However, my career history and my background is quite different. So Previous to entering the world of personal development, I worked for almost 10 years across the music and entertainment space. 
Um, so my most recent role was in a major record label here in London in a marketing function. And it wasn't always easy. And music is a notoriously hard industry to be in sometimes. Uh, yeah, despite the perceived glamour of it all. Um, but I've had incredible experiences, which I'm very grateful for. And I've worked with some of the most influential music artists who are still in the charts um, today. So it was an amazing opportunity. Um, but coming back to my why, you know, it really comes back to my own lived experience and my own personal development journey, which has taken me to this point. And, you know, I wouldn't be where I am only for it. Um, I went through quite a difficult time in my career and I developed what I would call a debilitating fear of public speaking and a sort of performance anxiety in certain situations at work. And, you know, it was every day, like, it was all consuming. And even when I think back on it now, I kind of look back in disbelief. You know, my confidence was at an all time low. And realistically, I wasn't in an industry that was very accommodating to that at the time. And, you know, this was all pre pandemic. But the funny thing is that alongside all of the anxiety and everything that I was going through day to day, I was really good at my job and I was really successful at my job, which is quite funny. And I kept my head down. I was running around on autopilot. I worked really hard. Um, and actually, at the time, I was working with an artist who ended up having the best selling artist album of that year. So while all that was going on, I was having an absolute nightmare. Um, and when it came to like asserting myself, you know, in a, in a company meeting and, and telling people all, about all the great work that I was doing, I couldn't get the words out. You know, I couldn't communicate everything that I was that I was doing. And I felt like I was fading into the background. I was losing respect from the bosses. I was competing with these big personalities and the expectations were very high. And I would say my expectations of myself were very high and also the expectations of my managers and the bosses and all of the different stakeholders that I was working with were really high. Um, so I actually fell out of love with my job because it was just so difficult for me to be there every day and feel how I felt every day. You know, there was days I was coming home and I was in tears. And it's funny because everyone on the outside, I think, thought I was doing really well and all they could see was you know the awards and the number ones and and you know I was doing really well to everyone on, when they see my Instagram stories and and you know coming back to the whole thing of Instagram being the highlight reel like that is so true um all they see is the lifestyle but they don't actually know the deeper cut you know they don't know what's actually going on behind the scenes um but it was through that very anxious time that I felt like the light bulb finally went on and I developed this curiosity in what was going on inside of me and I really wanted to understand you know I really wanted to understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling and I wanted to help myself through the situation. So I tried numerous things to help 
the anxiety, you know, everything. I saw a kinesiologist, I had acupuncture, I went to therapy, I had a bad experience in my first uh, time going to therapy. I didn't didn't feel like I connected with the therapist, um, but I have since had brilliant experience in that space. But then I found coaching, but coaching came on, you know, much later. And I think my why comes back to, you know, I want to be the coach to that person who is currently going through that in the music entertainment industry or otherwise. You know, I want to be that person um, for that for that individual who is lacking clarity, needs support, um, needs a neutral space to explore what's actually going on for them. And even better again, if it's someone from the music and entertainment world, because I'm so connected to it, you know, being an artist, a manager, an executive, an intern, you know, at all levels. Um, and I also think my why comes back to this kind of craving for flexibility and freedom in my career. Um, because ultimately after doing, you know, a lot of personal work, I actually ended up making the decision to leave my job. So I spent probably over a year sitting on the fence and tying with the idea of leaving. Um, because, you know, when you work so, so hard on your career, you know, I quite literally gave blood, sweat and tears to my job. It's very hard to leave that behind and to go in a new direction. Um, and I finally did. I finally plucked up the courage, which I was very proud of myself for, and decided that it was time for me to, to move on. Um, but then when you leave, you end up with this kind of identity crisis, right? Because I was Karina. I was Karina who worked with all the, the artists, had the cool job, had a nice lifestyle in London. And when I decided to leave, then that left with me almost. Um, so it was a bit of a crisis of what now? What are we gonna do now? Um, and when you leave music or when you leave most industries, probably, you know, you, you're forgotten about quickly. You know, the whole thing, you're just a number, felt very real to me when I left. And you're very quickly out of the loop because the industry moves so quickly. And that was tough. But I feel very proud of the decision that I made to follow the call and to set up Kind and Conquer and to share my journey and to create the life that I want for myself. Um, so that's a very long-winded way of telling you my why, but that's, that's ultimately what it comes back to. And that's the reality of, of why I am where I am today. Wow. Wow. What an amazing answer. Um, talk to me about what coaching did for you. I, cause I'm hearing, uh, I don't think coaching was what, um, made you decide to leave the job. There's a passion there, but I'm wondering, did the coaching help with, you know, the anxiety and all that type of stuff? Just how did that play out for you? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I did, I did have kind of uh, touch points with coaching when I was in the kind of the headspace of head down and get on with your work and 
I did a couple of courses and a couple of things through work. Um, I always kind of was an advocate for self-care anyway in work and I became a mental health first aider and I did all of these things just because it was kind of inside me that I, I you know, I really wanted to explore all avenues. Um, but when it comes to the coaching, you know, the coaching kind of came at the end uh, around the time that I decided to leave. And I think what it did for me was it helped me explore the reasons why I was doing what I was doing, right? And it provided me with the confidence in myself to pursue the journey that I'm on now, because I don't think without that space, you know, I would have been kind of in a silo on my own. I'm like, you're absolutely crazy. Like you cannot, who do you think you are to go down this road? Like, like, is this just in your head? You know, is this a fantasy? But actually having the space to speak with someone in more depth about my experience, where I'm at now, where I wanted to go, looking ahead and feeling safe in that experience as well. Because I think, I don't think I had that, you know, a lot in my career. And it was nice to step outside of, of the world I was in and speak to someone else and be like, right, this is where I'm at. So having that space, it really opened my mind, to be honest, to the possibilities of what I could do. And I didn't feel so lonely, you know, in, in the decision-making process. You know, I had a partner to, to work through whatever came up and, um, that's when I decided to actually become a coach myself because I loved it so much. I loved the experience of it. And I was like, if I can give this an inch of this to someone who's currently in the position that I was in, you know, I could have really done with it two or three years previous. And yeah, that's how, that's how we are where we are. Yeah. 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 So did the anxiety, did your, presence that your impact and work shift for the better then as a result of the coaching I'm sure it did yeah to an extent I mean again the coaching came late so I kind of was at the end of my journey um when I pursued coaching um but definitely I felt when it came to the end of my my career and in in music and my last day I didn't have a fear of you know like what the hell am I doing and this, have I made the right decision and you know I felt very much like you know right I have no idea where this is going and this is scary but I feel like I'm making the right decision and I think the coaching helped alleviate some of that stress for sure around like you know have I made the right decision? I wasn't questioning my decision. I knew the journey wasn't clear, but I was very much like, I have made the right decision. I was very assured. And it was probably the first time I felt so like self-assured in a very long time in that, you know, whole period of time when I was working uh, in the record label. And it was the most, when I handed in my, comp or when I handed in my notice, my confidence was the highest 
that it was, you know, and that's just, it's a scary thing to hand in your notice, but I, I felt really good about it and I did it. Um, yeah, I hope that answer makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and look, I'll, I'll circle back to some of the other things you touched on earlier, but just moving on to um, the next question, which is our strap line and below the line is is live well, perform better. And I'd love to know, uh, especially given everything you've just said there, um, what does that mean to you? Well, you know, when I first read live well, perform better, my first instinct and my first thoughts were around self-care and positive health practices um, and wellness. But when I thought about it more deeply, I think what living well is, is basically living congruently with your values, right? Um, because if you live in alignment with your values, you will show up and perform better in day-to-day -day life. Um, and I, I only woke up to the concept of values a few years ago. You know, this wasn't in my, my world a couple of years ago, but it's made such a difference to me. And, you know, if we continuously compromise our values, you know, that's going to have a detrimental impact on our morale, right? You know, because values keep us motivated. They keep us focused. Uh, they keep, keep us engaged um, so for example if you're working for a company and you don't believe in what the company does their product their mission how they do business how they treat people then your motivation is going to suffer and living in line with your values helps you create I suppose the world that you want to experience right and it does help with decision making, which then I think if you make good decisions, you're kind of setting yourself up for more happiness in the long term. And that, I think, will then lead to better performance in day to day life. Um, and the whole concept of values, you know, I can relate this back to my time working in music, because when we in a, as a marketing team, were dealing with a new artist and had to develop a new artist proposition, we would actually use values. And I, I, I wasn't aware of it so much and the connection I have to it now, but we would use values to build the artist proposition. So it was like, we were asking ourselves questions like, who is the artist? What does the artist stand for? Uh, what are their interests? What do they want to be known for? And Ultimately, you know, when you answer those questions well, you're going to attract an audience because if the artist or the team around that artist don't understand what the artist is about, then it's going to be very difficult to attract an audience and get them to come on board and buy into this artist as a brand because they don't understand either. Right. So I think that comes back to then we need to understand our values and who we are um, to be able to set ourselves up for best success and performance in our day to day lives. And it definitely takes courage to align with your values and it takes a lot of awareness, but it makes such a difference because 
ultimately, I think if you're not living in alignment with your values, eventually your body is going to tell you that you're not living in alignment with your values. So it's going to tell you that something's not right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you're dead right. And just moving on from that then, um, what what practices or habits, behaviours, anything that you do uh, that helps you with um, with this idea of living well and performing better? Yeah, so I think coming back to that point on values, you know, I think journaling has been really helpful for me in the process of exploring that. I'm not very strict when it comes to my journaling practice. I kind of do it when I feel compelled to do it because I, I don't want to get to a point where I'm pigeonholing it into my daily routine and getting resentful of it because it's taking up time. So I, I always do it when I feel compelled. Um, that's very, very important to me because I think that is actually such a helpful exercise. And then um, exercise, actually, that that's very important to me uh, daily. I like to move my body every day, whether that's going to the gym. I like to do some strength workouts. I also love doing Pilates at home, but also going out for a walk is so good. It sets me up um, for the day if I go out in the morning. But what, what's interesting is the way I use my walk is something I've only realized I do recently. So I actually, when I do go on my walk, I, I'll have my playlist. I'll, I'll play all the music that gets me going. That puts a bit of a spring in my step, right? And obviously music is so important to me. And when I'm listening to that music, I'll be visualizing in my head, what's the vision for my business? Uh, I'll be visualizing, okay, uh, I have this holiday coming up. What's it going to be like? Uh, I'll be visualizing. I'm actually getting married later this year. So I'm thinking about my wedding. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, that's going to be so exciting having all of the people that I love in the same room and getting myself pumped. So it's almost like a bit of a hype walk, uh, I would describe it. And I love that because it, it, it puts me in the best mood when I do it. Um, and then I suppose, aside from the exercise and looking at values, um, meditation is something I absolutely love and you know I've, I've, fall, I've fallen out of the practice of it which is it's on my my list that I really want to get back into it again um, but I actually did a mindfulness meditation course an eight-week mindfulness um, stress reduction course uh, in I think it was the end of 2020 and of course it was all over zoom at the time but the benefits I got from that course were unbelievable. You know, I felt so much more aware. I felt grounded. I felt calm. I felt self-assured. And even some of my friends actually remarked at the time that I was lighter on my feet, which is, yeah, which is, which is so nice. And I could relate it back to the meditation practice now. It's, yeah, it's quite a commitment. You're meditating for 45 minutes a day in the course. You have uh, two hours a week where you also go on to a kind of a, a kind of a workshop classroom based uh, meeting. There's a retreat day as well. So it is quite time intense, 
but like amazing results and I definitely really would love to to do one again um and then I suppose another thing which came to mind which you're probably going to laugh at David is I have been putting so much effort daily into my skincare routine and I'm basically on a mission to glow up the aisle so I feel so much better when I make that time morning and evening to do my skincare routine and really my point about mentioning the skincare routine is about consistency because it's the consistency in the skincare routine, in the meditation, in the exercise. That's when I get the most benefit from all of these, these habits and behaviors. Um, so I have, I've seen such a dramatic improvement in my skin just by being so consistent with it. And I feel good in myself when I make that time for myself as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, self-care is important um, and it's it's central to, well, to, to the well-being. So I'm not laughing at that one at all. No, that that's a that's a great answer. Thank you. Um, and just shifting perspective a little bit now, you're, you're coaching. Um, you've also just come out of the, the music industry. I'm just wondering from your perspective, you know, what are the main, whether it's health, well-being or performance challenges that you see being faced by people right now? Um, so I think a big one and an obvious one is the return to work after COVID. Um, you know, a lot of musicians have been out of work for a very long time and suddenly they're thrown back into it. So that's a transition in itself. But also there's the executives who work in office based jobs um, who now we're back doing the commute and don't have as much flexibility flexibility as they had before. So some employers are okay, but some employers are also being very unforgiving when it comes to flexibility and finding at the moment um, in music, especially. And again, this like hamster in a wheel lifestyle is coming back. It's trickling in. And people are finding it very hard to get back into that way of life uh, where they would spend, you know, 40 to 50 minutes in the morning, either getting their exercise done, doing household chores, spending time with their family, meditating, reading, however they wanted to spend it. Now they're on the northern line. They're packed up in a tube uh, up against the door like sardines on their way into central London for work. So it is a very different world to the one that they've been in for the last couple of years so there are obviously health implications that come from that and also a lot of questioning so like why am I doing this why am I here why you know why am I in this career what is this giving to me um am I serving myself by doing this daily so there's a lot of kind of questioning around that I think um and it will be interesting to see over the next couple of months, you know, how employers work with that, because I think people are still uh, leaving their jobs. Like I left my job in the pandemic and what do they call it? The great resignation. I think that's still that's still clearly happening. And there is, you know, employers are doing their best to attract people in. So I think they are being more flexible. You, there are more hybrid based or home-based jobs now so people are saying well if you're not going to give it to me then I might actually move or try something else so 
it will be interesting to see what the shift is like over the next couple of months. Um, and I think another thing which I've, I've seen recently is with some of my younger clients, um, first of all, a lot of them, you know, have come through the pandemic and are used to working at home and know no difference. So they're now in an office based environment dealing with the politics of being in an office based environment, the stress of the commute and everything that goes along with that. Um, but there are a lot of confidence and mindset challenges. So I think the younger generation as well, their, their values and their needs are at odds with the old school mentality of you know, some of their workplaces. So that's quite a difficult thing to navigate at the very start of your career when you're trying to get up the ladder and trying to make something of yourself, but you're really struggling with, you know, how the business operates or what, what you value versus what they value. Um, so I'm finding that there's a lot of work on self and protecting self in that situation so that they don't get distracted. Um, but certainly a lot of the younger generation are not following, not following the prescribed formula for career success anymore. They're going in different directions. Um, so that's, that's really interesting as well. So you're a practitioner in coaching with neuroscience and just based on everything you've just said about uh, people um, going back to work or the younger generation now kind of reintegrating, et cetera. What does that type of coaching um, and what you've learned uh, help? How does that help address some of those situations as you see it? Well, I think, you know, having the, a scientific basis for why coaching works is hugely important. And I think a lot of people were, yeah, they weren't, into the idea of coaching, but when they see it from the perspective of having scientific evidence and, and backed up reasoning behind it, I think they're more willing to try, right? I think that's, first of all, one thing that's helpful. And I think from the perspective of the situations that we're in right now, you know, where people are dealing with a lot of like negative mindset challenges, you know, in coaching with neuroscience, we work a lot with belief system, and changing the neural pathways in our brain to be able to, you know, elicit more uh, and different thoughts, behaviors, and actions. Um, so using that scientific basis and understanding really helps to change the mindset of those individuals, individuals who may be going down a different path and allowing their inner critic and their inner gremlins to take over. But we have so much power over our brains and our, our brains can change, you know, we can change our brains and the mind is a muscle, it needs to be flexed. So with that kind of understanding, and I often explain to my clients about, you know, the neural pathways and the neurons and, and everything else. Um, and they, they feel empowered then to be able to say, well, actually I can, I can change this, you know, I actually can make a difference here. And it's great. It's, it's science, you know, it's based in something and I believe in it. And um, yeah. And I think that's, that's probably where it most comes into the coaching space at the moment. Could I ask you a music industry related question? Yeah. The Rolling Stones, for example, right, drink, drank and drugged their way throughout, you know, probably up until they kind of got old enough and realized, look, I'm not, I can't do that anymore. Modern artists, it seems to me, 
they don't do that type of stuff now maybe it's just keep kept well out of, out of sight but i'd imagine if you're going to be doing a world tour and you've got to be performing and all that type of stuff that actually they take a lot of that stuff much more seriously now um just in, in this idea of living well to perform better is that the case or am i imagining it oh no you're 100 percent right um i worked with an artist who would when he was on tour he basically would go into hiding and it wasn't like the rolling stones out after every show uh drinking drugs you know it's it's not like that anymore and i think artists are placing a lot more emphasis on their health and being able to get through their mammoth schedules and you know they they could be traveling weekly and not know where they're going to be next week you know so it is very much a pri- it's a priority for them now to make sure that they're at their best to be able to give the best performance and to be their, their best self I suppose and then I suppose another thing is the added pressure of social media now right because I think obviously back in the day it wasn't so much uh, something that they had to worry about right uh, they had to worry about the tabloid newspapers and and the press all right but you know, we have information coming at us at colossal speed now. So if an artist does something wrong, it can be all over social media within minutes. So there is a certain level of fear there with artists to put themselves out there on social media. And they're very careful about what they align themselves with, you know, what they do in their day to day lives because in a, in a second they can be cancelled right you know there's this cancel culture and it can be detrimental to their career so it is it's a different place for an artist to come up through now a hundred percent and I think there's positive in that because they're actually putting themselves first they're looking after their health and they're they're prioritizing themselves in the crazy world that they're in but then the negatives are, if they're in a world that is just so scary for them and it is something that I dealt with you know I was working in marketing I was working in social media and I had many a conversation with artists about right we need to like put you out there on social media a little bit more we need to come up with ideas and they were so reluctant to do it because they were scared about what someone might say or how it might be perceived so yeah there's positives and negatives for sure uh, it's a completely different world now to what it was and there's a lot more expectation and music moves quicker than ever before so there's a lot of highs but there's a lot of lows as well so if you're number one on Friday you better believe that on Monday after that Friday the record label are putting their foot down and trying to keep that number one record for the forthcoming week so all the success you had on Friday is forgotten. And it's now about the following Friday. So it's like on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next next thing. And uh, with TikTok and um, all the rest, you know, music is, it kind of comes and goes and there's a lot of one hit wonders now. And uh, yeah, it's a different world. It's great that people are prioritizing themselves in it. Um, but there's a lot of different expectations and hurdles and obstacles that they have to go through to be successful. Thanks for that. Thanks for indulging me there for a second. Um, my last question, 
again, based on your work and your own your own experience, what's the one piece of advice you would give to anyone who's looking to live well and perform better? Um, I suppose there's two things and it kind of comes back to what I said already. So the first one being values. So if you can ask yourself, what are my values and am I living in alignment with my values? What in my day to day life is not working for me? And how can I make a change or take a small step towards making that feel better, the situation feel better for me? Because ultimately, a short term decision will be uncomfortable, maybe a bit scary, but it could lead to longer term happiness and freedom and better performance, say. Um, and then the second thing is on consistency. So consistency in everything that you do, particularly your well-being based practices. You know, I think people can knock things. I think I, I mentioned that, like people can be quick to knock something after trying it once or a handful of times. Um, you know, like meditation, people say that doesn't work for me. And I'm so busy. My mind is so busy. I can't relax. And those are the people who really need it. Um, but with consistency and perseverance in that, you know, that's where you'll see the results and you'll see the improvements. Um, just like my skincare routine, you know, <laughs> that's when you'll actually see the results. So I think consistency is, is a very important part of that as well. Mm, and, and added to that, you know, the skincare, all that stuff, you know, you have a good reason for that as well. So once people, and which is back to values as well, but once people have a reason for what, why they're doing something, I think that's equally as powerful as well. Um, but no, Karina, I will leave it there. Um, you've given me more than enough time. You've been really generous. And I just wanted to say thanks very much for doing it. And, um, we reconnected recently, having first met during lockdown last year. And um, I also wanted to say, you know, you're a, you're a changed person in many ways. You know, you've got you've got a lot of confidence. You seem very self-assured and it's been great to just watch you. And I wish you every success now as you step out with Kind and Conquer. And obviously we'll include all the links so that people can find you on, on social media and look you up and um, look to work with you, because I'm sure there'll be lots of people hoping to do that. So thanks very much for uh, joining us. Amazing. Thanks so much, David. That was very kind. Really appreciate it. And yeah, look forward to speaking to you soon.